Y'all good this morning? You can be seated. I'll explain this big loaf of bread in a minute that's hanging out with me. If you've noticed it, I'm not, it's not that I'm hungry. It's just, it's a sermon prop, so. And if you're hungry, maybe I'll throw you a piece, you know. Well, I hope everybody's good. I'm ready for springtime, amen. It's time, it's like cold weather, it was good, but it's time to move on. And um, hey, I'm excited about the, the word today. I believe it's from the Father's heart. And, but uh, a couple of things before I jump into the word is um, we have, I think we are about to jump into week four of our prayer room, and it has just been amazing. Our team that has been leading every morning and evening has just been doing such an awesome job, and they just come and they create an environment where we can come and just receive what the Lord's doing. And so I'd encourage you, if you have not gotten to come and experience that, uh, come and do that. And it's just a time where you can come and be quiet before the Lord and just say, Lord, what are you doing? And to, uh, again, to make space for him to come and move in your heart and life. So the other thing is we have a marriage event coming up. Any married couples in, in the room? Um, awesome. If that is you, we want to invite you. Do we have that graphic that I could put up? Just Yeah, so Friday, February 18th, 6.30 to 9 p.m. And then Saturday morning till 1 p.m. We are going to just have an awesome time. We're going to share some meals together. We're going to talk about marriage and what we believe God's heart is for marriage, and, uh, and, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be good. We're going to go deep, and we're also going to, so it's like we're going to have lots of fun, but we're also going to say, Lord, come and do some work in our hearts. So it's going to be good. So if you are married, we'd highly encourage you to come to that, or, or engaged. If you are engaged, you are welcome to come. And so, but there's got to be a ring on that finger, you know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> Some of you guys are like, oh, gosh, I got to get to work. Um, so, all right. Y'all ready for the word today? Awesome. Um, today, the name of the message, if I don't like name messages often, but today I'm going to talk about our daily bread. How many of you know uh, Jesus in, in the, when he, he prayed and he said, it's the famous prayer of Jesus, right? The, the Lord's prayer where he says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. But one of the phrases he says is he talked about, give us our daily bread, right? And so obviously I've got a loaf of bread. So we're going to be talking about bread, but I'm going to talk about today is trading one piece of bread for another. And I'm going to explain that. Okay. I'm going to, and, and so you we, I believe us having the right meal is really important. I believe that having the right diet spiritually is really important. I believe what you're feeding on is important, right? You know, the phrase you are, what you eat. Some of you are like, Oh, really? Um, I'm talking to myself. Austin keeps me in line. She's like, I'll be eating something. She's like, John, what you eating that for? So, but let's pray over the word this morning. Lord, we just open our hearts up to you. Come and speak to us. Come and do what you want to do. I thank you that your word is alive and active. I, I thank you even now, Lord, that you are birthing spiritual hunger in your people. That, Lord, that as we hear what you're saying, that it would drive us to the secret place where we say, Lord, we need you. 
We need revelation from you. We need to see you. We need your word. I thank you for what is going to be imparted today. And while it's good, Lord, I thank you that there's so much more that you want to impart to each one of us in the secret place. And so we just open our hearts to you to come and do what you want to do in Jesus' name. So to to get started, I I first want to talk about um, how God operates with us, okay? How God relationally, how he works. And God God is a God of covenant. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the new covenant, so I'm not going to jump into covenant. But I want to talk about this is that God does operate by covenant and promises, okay? How many of you know there are promises in his word to us? Now, there are, there are two type of promises, okay? There are unconditional promises and there are conditional promises. Um, unconditional promises, God loves you. That's not gonna change, okay? There's nothing that you could do to make God stop. That is a promise, he loves you and that is unconditional. There's nothing you have to do or could ever do to earn God's love. It is unconditional, say unconditional, Also, the Lord's invitation to you, for you to come and to know him, to experience salvation, um, his invitation is unconditional. He's not gonna change his mind with that. There is an open invitation for you to come and step into all that he has for you. That is unconditional, okay? So So his love and his invitation to you is not gonna change. It's not based on you. It's, it's, he loves you and that can't change, okay? Now, there are some promises, some really amazing promises that have these conditions. And it's not like conditions that like, hey, if you do 12 backflips and, and you are perfect and do this and that and that, then you can have this promise. It's God, it's first, I believe that every promise that is conditional, the condition is generally for us to simply receive the invitation and that is the condition, okay? It's kind of like you actually have to receive to inherit something, right? So for example, your salvation, okay? Jesus paid for your salvation. It is a promise, but you are saved by grace through faith. You actually had to believe, right? You actually had to say yes. So what's the condition of salvation is that you actually have to receive it. Okay, and so um, his Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of God, it is a gift to you. It is the promise of Jesus that he would send his Holy Spirit. What's the condition that you receive him, that you make him Lord, right? And so there are certain things that there actually is um, responsibility on your part. And I'll tell you this is that the responsibility isn't heavy, it, 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 but it is you making him Lord, right? And so let me, let me give you an example, okay? Uh, if you have your Bibles or your devices, however you prefer to read, um, let's go to Psalms 91, and I'm gonna be reading this out of the Passion Translation. It says, when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, which also can be translated God Almighty, 
It says, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. So this is saying when you, when you, so there's a condition, right? This is when you do this, this is what happens, all right? So when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. So you are hidden in him and you get to be a benefactor of his strength, right? And then it says, he's the hope that holds me. This is an amazing promise. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. He can run under, you can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we, here it is again, when we, so the, the, when we do this, when we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. That's a pretty amazing promise, right? How many of you would say, hey, I want to live that out. I want that to be the promise I'm walking in, right? So, but for us to say, man, that sounds amazing. I think we have to learn what does it mean to be hidden in him? What does it mean to live under the shadow of Shaddai, of God Almighty? What does that mean? What is, how do we do that, Right? Anybody curious? If we want the promise, we got to say, okay, God, how do I do that? How do I live under the shadow? What does that look like practically in my life? What does that look like? What, what, how do I believe in that way? And how do I respond to you in that way where I would actually inherit that promise? Right? So. Again, we, we established there are unconditional and conditional promises. This is one of the ones that it's a conditional promise, but even the condition is like, oh, that sounds great. Hiding in the Lord, like to be hidden in him. There's security there, safety and security in him. I believe that this right here today for us is going to represent natural bread, okay? You know, with me? So this This today is going to represent everything in your life that you can see, okay? This is your family, this is your job, this is your children, your finances. This is the seen world, okay? This is every aspect of your life that you say, this is in front of me, okay? So I I, I wanna, I'm, I'm gonna 
I want to talk about it. I don't like to give the enemy a whole lot of time and attention, the the devil, right? I I believe he is a defeated foe, but I think it's really important to know his schemes and the way that he tries to come against us, okay? Because he is the great deceiver. And here's the thing about being deceived. You don't know you're deceived, okay? And this realm right here, all the natural, this is where... The enemy wants you to live. This is what he wants you to look at. He wants you to be very aware of all the stuff in the natural. Okay? And all of, this is a real piece of bread. It's probably really good. It's made fresh at Walmart. And um, this isn't a bad thing. This is truth, but there is a higher truth. which is in the unseen, which is in the heavenly realm. And this uninfluenced and not under the submission of the unseen and the spirit realm, under the submission of Jesus, can become very destructive in our lives. It's it's good in, in many ways, but not under the, under the submission of Jesus, under his lordship. We are missing what real living is. See, this bread can never fully satisfy. Doesn't matter how good this bread is, it will never fully satisfy you. It doesn't have the power to bring true joy and it doesn't have the power to bring true pre- peace. It doesn't have the power to make you right with God. It doesn't have the power to fulfill you, okay? And so the enemy loves to work in the realm of the seen. His goal is for you to trust the seen natural world first and fit God into what makes sense to you. Well, God, this makes sense. How do you fit into it? All right? The enemy will always offer you a truth that is absent of God's goodness and leadership. Okay? It's the easy truth. You can see it. If I see it, I believe it. Right? Let's go to, um, in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. And it says, and as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him and he saw the spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the father shouted from the sky saying, this is my son, the beloved, my greatest delight is in him. So right here, Jesus demonstrates, I believe he, there was a, this, there was this, this beautiful scripture here demonstrates multiple things, but what we are going to look at is how it demonstrated the life of the believer. He demonstrated the baptism. He was the perfect lamb. He, he was coming and saying that I am the perfect lamb, that I, he actually wasn't being baptized to repent. He had nothing to repent for. He was being baptized. He was actually being dedicated as our high priest, the one that would actually cleanse us of our sin. And so he came and he was baptized and there was that beautiful thing happening where this was, our sal- this, was, this was foreshadowing our salvation that we would receive, right? And then we see the spirit of God descending like a dove. This represented the filling of his Holy Spirit, the sending of his spirit. This is two 
um, necessary things for the life of the believer is one, our, rep- our repentance, our being washed of sin, our coming to him, and then us having relationship with the spirit of God, right? But then there was this other part where you see the voice of the father coming and saying, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. This was the voice of God in his life. This was the active, alive voice of the father that was confirming identity and inheritance in Jesus. So what the Lord does in us, the, the things that should actually be present in your life is one, your salvation, right? As you come, you, you've, you, have, you live a life of repentance where you're coming and saying, Lord, you can change the way I think. I'm turning from one thing to you constantly. And Lord, I have received the invitation of your spirit, the, the spirit of truth that leads me into all truth, your spirit that guides me, your spirit that is teaching me. He is the teacher, It is the very spirit of Jesus that he sent to be with you. It is the fulfillment of the promise of Emmanuel, God with us, his spirit in you. Amen? And so, but then this thing happens where the voice of the father comes and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That came and said, this is who you are. You need all three. You need all three. You need the active, alive voice of the Father that is speaking over you. This is who you are. So this happens for Jesus, okay? And then you would think that Jesus, at that point, he's been, the, the Holy Spirit is resting upon him for his ministry, right? He has been anointed at the age of 30 to begin his ministry, okay, at that point. That, that was the moment that the Lord ordained him and said, and the father said, I'm releasing you. At this point, he had not done a single miracle, okay? But the first thing that happens, that the Holy, the Holy Spirit did not lead Jesus and say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Now we're gonna go and heal some people. The first thing that happens is if we look in the very next chapter at the beginning in Matthew 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser. And after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely hungry. He was a man. He was hungry. He hadn't eaten for 40 days. I don't know if anybody here has done a 40-day fast, but I imagine you're pretty hungry. And so he was experiencing something in the natural, right? Hunger is a real thing. Some of you, you might be thinking about your lunch plans right now, just looking at this loaf of bread. But Jesus, he was hungry. There was a natural thing in front of him, right? And this is what happens. It says, then the tempter came to him and said, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? He is presenting to him the seen world. How could you, the, the, what the enemy loves to do is attack your identity in the natural. He loves to say, if this is who you are, how would you go hungry? Oh, if, if, you're, if God really loved you, you wouldn't be lacking that thing. If God really loved you and you were who you were supposed to be, if you really were his beloved son or beloved daughter, you wouldn't be doing that. You wouldn't be acting like that. You wouldn't be this or that. That wouldn't be happening to you. You wouldn't be having this issue in your life if that's who you are. And so, and, and the truth is you're looking and saying, well, if I look at the truth of my life in the natural, man, that's true. Like, yeah, my marriage is a wreck. Yeah, the car won't start and 
my finances are terrible and all the, whatever, you know all the different things that can happen in your life. Maybe it's just something internal. I'd say we have more internal issues than we do external issues, whether you know it or not. And the Lord cares about both and healing both. And so the enemy comes and presents to him the natural issue. He's trying to get him to think according to the natural realm. He is trying to bring a response out of Jesus that comes into agreement with the issue in the norm, in the natural, right? The, the, you are always, every time something presents itself in your life, you are always presented with two options. Maybe sometimes more, maybe there's multiple, but you have a, 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 a response that you can make out of the natural in your own strength, or you have a response that you can make based on what the Lord is saying and what he wants to do. There's always a higher reality, okay? And so it says this, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? Just command these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. He answered, the scriptures say, bread alone will not satisfy. So he's saying, what can happen? Even the best thing in the natural, the best response I could give, it won't satisfy my life. And he says, but true life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth. You see, Jesus, he had tapped into this, is that the thing that I can't live without is God's constant voice in my life. Without fresh revelation of who he is, without the, the thing I can't live without, he's saying, you want me to look at this, but I can't. I, I have to look at this through the right lens. I have to get the way God sees things. I need his bread. I need his bread. Amen? All right. Y'all doing good today? We're going somewhere, okay? Let me give you, give you another example, okay? So there's the natural and the spiritual. There's the way you can see things in the natural, and there's the way that God sees things right? I believe Jesus, even with his disciples, he was constantly trying to teach them and show them the heavenly, the kingdom. He was trying to say, there is a different way to go about things, okay? There is a supernatural way to go about things. There is, God's way will actually offend your mind to get to your heart. He says it's an upside down kingdom. Jesus came in, into a very religious culture in Israel at the time. And he said, I'm going to show you a different way. I'm going to show you how God really desires to move, how he really desires to work. I know you've got your natural, I know you've got the rules and the things, your way you perceive the natural realm, but God's saying, I want my voice present in your life. And I actually wanna teach you my value system and the way I go about things. The Lord is, he is wanting to reveal himself. And he is wanting many times the way he, like I, I think last year um, sometime, I preached a message called the Lim limitlessness of God. I don't even know if that's a word, but we used it. And we talked about tapping into the limitlessness of God. Is you see, when you live here in the natural, your response, if, if you never actually tap into what God's saying, you will always start from a place of lack. You will always start from a place of what we don't have and what we need. When you're with him, he is all sufficient and there's nothing needed. 
You never in your heart live from a place that says, I lack this or I lack that. You always go to him because you know everything you need is always in him. And if it's needed, he's already been there and he has already made provision for it. But in order for us to step into that promise, we have to change the way we think. We have to learn to eat from a different source. We have to learn to value, not that we don't need natural bread. This is a part of our lives, but there's something we need more. All right? I believe a lot of the times we don't walk out the promises of God and what he's made available for us because we have only learned to eat of this bread. So let me show you, let me give you another example and show us how to walk in this. Um, Matthew 14, verse 15. Matthew chapter 14, verse 15. Later that afternoon, the disciples came to Jesus and said, it's going to be dark soon and the people are hungry, but there's nothing to eat here in this desolate place. You should send the crowds away to the nearby villages to buy themselves some food. That was a natural, it's, that was a very logical solution, right? Send them away. Jesus is saying, I wanna show you the solution of heaven. I wanna show, Jesus is like, I'm gonna demonstrate to you the Lord's solution. This is how he works, okay? I know you're, you're saying, send them away, let them do this. He's saying, I'm wanting to paint you a picture of God's solution and God's provision. And then he says, um, they don't need to leave. You can give them something to eat. So he puts it on the disciples. Hey, you can give them something to eat. Um, they probably felt pretty much like, um, Jesus, have you seen the bank account? Have like... There's not a whole lot here. I know like everybody's gonna get a couple crumbs, you know what I'm saying? And, and they're looking at a crowd of 5,000 plus people. And it says, um, they answered, but all we have is five barley loaves and two fish. Let me have them, Jesus replied. Then he had everyone sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up into heaven, gave thanks to God and broke the bread into pieces. He then gave it to his disciples who in turn gave it to the crowds and everyone ate until they were satisfied for the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. They picked up the leftovers and filled up 12 baskets full. They were, there were about 5,000 men who were fed in addition to many women and children. So what did Jesus do with the natural bread? He acknowledged God. He, it says he looked to heaven. What was he doing? He acknowledged God. He said, so your natural life, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that is seen, what do you do with that? What do you do with your children? What do you do with your inner workings, uh, your, the things that you're dealing with on the inside? What are you doing with your job situation? What are you doing with anything that could present lack in your life? Anything where you say there is need in the natural, what do you do with that? And Jesus paints a picture. He looks up and he acknowledges God. He acknowledges you are Lord. And then what does he do? He gives thanks says, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for my children. Thank you for every part of my life. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 that person who hurt me, Lord, I just thank you for them right now. I acknowledge you're Lord of this. Thank you. And then what did he do? He broke the bread. Let me show you what breaking the bread looks like, okay? 
Psalms chapter five, verse one through three. This is David. He says, listen, Yahweh, to my passionate prayer. Can't you hear my groaning? Don't you hear how I'm crying out to you, my King and my God? Consider my every word from calling out to you. At each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. So he's in a moment where he is coming to the Lord. He is presenting his life to the Lord, right? He's presenting, you hear my cries, you know what's going on. And this is what he says, every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and I wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. So this is what David says. He says, Lord, here's my life. Here's every part of me, the part of me I don't understand, all the the things going on. And he says, this is what I'm gonna do. He says, I'm gonna break it and lay the pieces, Lord, here. Here's my, here's my kids, here's my job, here's all the different things of my life and I'm laying it out before you. This is what we do with our natural. We lay it out before the Lord every day. Lord, here's every part that I don't understand. I'm breaking it before you, right? Is It's in those places that we find heaven's answer. Anything that you're holding on to with a closed fist, the Lord isn't going to make you give it to him. He's gonna ask for it, but he's not going to make you give it to him. It is whenever you open the pieces of your life and you say, Lord, thank you for this. I acknowledge you as Lord. Thank you for this. I break it before you. What's your solution? Right? So what is the bread that we are feasting on? Because I can say this is that the word of God is the bread of life. So what we're doing is we are trading our understanding for his. We're trading our understanding for his solution. Lean not on your own understanding, but on every word that proceeds from his mouth. You are not leading on what you can understand and figure out. I believe many times as believers, what we do is we look at the natural and we try and fit God into that. We try and actually build what we believe about God based on what is in front of us, right? We think what we do is if we go through something and it's hard and it's hurtful, what we do is many times is we go and say, well, I must have done something to cause this. Or we just begin to formulate our opinion of how God, what his role is in that situation. Okay, instead, our response should be, okay, here's the situation. I acknowledge you, Lord. Thank you. Let me break bread. Let's commune. Breaking bread can also be the symbol of, Lord, I'm breaking bread with you. I'm communing with you. I need to hear you. What are you thinking? What are you saying? I believe that we need the Lord's heart in every situation in our lives. He wants, he wants to lead you. He wants to give you bread of life. He wants you to live from the inside out. I have heaven's solution. When Jesus walked into a situation, when he walked into a place and there were those who needed to be healed, he didn't walk in and say, well, all right, let me try and figure this out. He walked in, he only did what he saw the father do. He was living in this place of, I'm, I have been eating of something different. I have actually been eating from um, a source 
that you can't see, but it is the, it is the source that actually rules and reigns over what is seen. Y'all with me today? Is I believe that the Lord wants to teach us how to have relationship with him where we are actually seeing what he sees and how he sees things. That is who we are as the church, as believers. We aren't, I, I believe we have to move on from the place of where we are simply looking at the world around us and just trying to see what side we're gonna fall on. Is this right or is that wrong? And we've talked about this before, but we need God's opinion in everything. For you, you need God's opinion about you. And that happens by you, not just looking at all of your deficiency and lack, but you presenting even yourself to the Lord and saying, Lord, you are Lord. You are my Lord. You are King. You, are, you reign. You know me inside and out. You know my past, my present, and my future. And I thank you. I thank you that you made me. And now I, I come broken before you every piece and I need your life, and I need your breath, and I need your goodness, and I need your presence here. I need to commune, commune with you. I need to hear what you're saying. You know, we started in Psalms 91, right? Let's go back. There's this promise, hiding in him, right? Right, y'all with me? Hiding in him, and he is, he is your security, and he is your, your safety. That is the promise of Psalms 91, that he is your security. He is your provision, right? He wants to be your provision. He wants you to live a supernatural life where he is, where it's like he, he actually intentionally, I believe, will let you go through things so that he can reveal himself as your provider. That's exciting, he doesn't want you to just know him as provider just because you heard it. He wants you actually through life experience to say, oh, that's him as provider. I saw him. I know by experience he is provider. I know by experience he is my safety. I've walked through some stuff. You know, Jesus never promised you that believing him and being his disciple would mean that is the trouble-free life. He actually said it is the trouble-filled life. <laughs> you might get in trouble. He says, but I'm with you. I'm with you. And guess what? You walk through the fire and you don't even smell like smoke. He says, I'm going to lead you. That's the life that he wants to live. That is life eating from the right source. That is life whenever you have valued the spiritual bread over the natural bread. I, look, I love natural bread. I'll probably eat this later. I love it. But I love more him. I love him. I need him. I need him. I can't live on this alone. You can't live on this alone. What we're sharing right now is you need communion with him. Is I can't break apart the pieces of your life and lay it before him. Only you can do that. And that is done in the secret place. That is done with you coming to him and saying, Lord, here I am. It is you acknowledging him. I can't acknowledge him for you. The person next to you can't acknowledge him. You have to acknowledge him. You have to thank him and you have to break bread with him. I heard somebody say this. They said, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you could eat once a week on a Sunday. He died on the cross so that you have access in the secret place to him and you can feed on him constantly. 
So Jesus, I believe Jesus' word to us would be, hey, you cannot live on bread alone but you need every word that constantly proceeds out of the mouth of God. You need his voice. Jesus needed to hear, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. He is the delight of my life. He is the delight of my heart. He says that over each one of you. Psalms 91 and verse 14 The writer says this, after he has talked about, he is talking from a place of experience. He is saying, I found myself hiding in him. I found myself communing with him. And the result was that no harm came my way. I walked through some stuff. Again, I walked through the fire, but I didn't smell like smoke. When I was communing with him, when I had his bread of life, I could go through some stuff, but there was always solutions. There was always supernatural solutions to the natural problems whenever I hid myself in him. When I learned to acknowledge him, to thank him, and to break bread with him, there were solutions. But in 14, he says this, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me. He said, this is why I believe what I believe. This is why I I hide myself in him because this is what he spoke to me. He said, because you have loved me, this is the Lord speaking, because you have loved me, delighted in me and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy, he is the one that satisfies you with a full life and with all that I do for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. So this is what he was saying. He was saying, I've learned this. This is, this is what he said to me. I found this secret when I was communing with him. As I began to delight in him, he told me, I love it when you delight in me. I love it when you come to me. I love it whenever you honor me. And the Lord's saying, because you've honored me, I'm gonna honor you. He said, this is the result of finding yourself in me and communing with me. This is the result of receiving everything I've done for you is that when you're in a time of trouble, you're gonna feel my presence. Is in your time of trouble, I'm gonna deliver you. I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna give you myself. And you realize this is that he is a God that gives himself. He is a God that he is the bread. He is the bread. You have to understand that is, I believe that what the Lord is wanting to do in this hour is to birth spiritual hunger again in the church. Where, can I say this, is that this is my hope and dream for us, is that our gatherings here on Sunday mornings or whenever we gather, that you wouldn't simply come because you're like, I just need my Sunday morning fix. I've got it, I've got it. Pastor, I need you to feed me. My prayer is that you would come here and you've been feasting all week. And we come together as those who are fed by the Lamb of God. And we come and we gather and we are here for Him, not what we can get. We're not because we, we, God, we have to have something. No, we've been having you all week. We've just come together to make a statement before the Lord to say, We are here for you. We are here for you. 
Man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that constantly comes from the mouth of God. You cannot even live, I said this before, you cannot live on just this, on the worship that happens. Oh, I just, I need worship. I've heard people before, I, I just, I need some church. I need some church. I'm like, church is not your source. Church is beautiful. I love this. We need this. Paul said, or the writer of Hebrews said, don't forsake the gathering together. He was saying, gather more. It's important. But this is not supposed to be just the place where you come and feast. This should be a place that is ignited with faith in people who are carrying the word of the Lord. And so I'm telling you this, not to condemn you or bash you. I'm saying, my prayer is that there would be spiritual hunger and you would say, I've got to go to the secret place and break bread with the Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you more than the air I breathe. I need you more than my next meal. I need you. And, And I believe whenever you start eating from him, he becomes your greatest desire. He becomes the thing, that's the, the one for you. He's your one thing, your only thing. And that's what it means to be hidden under his shadow is to say, I don't wanna leave this place. When the enemy comes and he's speaking and there's trouble, man, I just find myself here. I'm not even aware. I'm just aware of him. You know why there's a shadow? It's because there's an object blocking something else, right? I'm hiding <laughs> here. And it's not out of fear. I'm hiding because I delight in this. This is good. This is good, Lord. I like hiding here. I I don't, nobody needs to see me doing this. It's because I just desire it. That's why it's the secret place. It's the secret place because Jesus calls it the secret place in Matthew 6, not because it's something you have to be ashamed of, but it's because He's saying, I want you to want this more than you want anybody to know anything about it. I want this to, I want your motive not to be seen, not to be heard, not to, but if, if you really desire me, you don't have to let anybody else know about it. You'll just keep being found here. And the Lord is wanting to bring us to that place. How many of you say, Lord, I want to be spiritually hungry? I believe that's what the Lord wants to do. And I'll tell you this is there's nothing that separates you from him. There's nothing that keeps you from him. So this is what I'm, if you get anything from this today, is I want you to take your bread. I want you to take your life. I want you to bring it before him. I want you to acknowledge him, say, Lord, like, like if there's something in your life that you say, I don't know what to do with this. I don't have a solution. Before you do anything else, bring it before him and say, Lord, I acknowledge you. You, you are good and you are kind and you reign and rule. And I just thank you right now. Thank you for this. My kids are crazy, but I thank you for them. And now I need to commune with you and have your solution. And I'm going to daily, I'm going to break apart the pieces of my life before you, Lord. And I'm giving it to you. I'm communing with you. Amen. Let's stand together. Abby, if you would come and play some music.
I believe the Lord wants to teach us. He wants to teach us how to see beyond the natural, right? Y'all good this morning? You look good. Come on, let's just come before the Lord today. Lord, we love you. I thank you for your people. Lord, you are kind and gentle. I thank you for all your promises. Amen. Thank you for your kindness. True life is in you, Jesus. True life is in you. It's not in our figuring it out. It's not even, it's not in our gifts. It's not in our abilities. It's in us just communing with you. It's us knowing you. It's us surrendered to you. The Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'd come and you administer to every heart in the room right now. Every heart that's been striving and trying, trying to figure it out. Though I even pray for those, Lord, who have been um, that have been deceived, Lord, by the enemy, where they have looked for natural solutions, where um, they have been deceived into thinking that they have to perform or that they have to hold it all together. That they have to somehow fight the enemy. I thank you that you've already defeated him. But I thank you that today you are teaching us to hide within your shadow. You're teaching us how to delight in being with you. You're teaching us how to fall in love with you. You're teaching us how to believe in what's not seen. You're teaching us faith. Lord, I just pray that we wouldn't be distracted, that we wouldn't be unaware of who you are. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't form you in our own image, that we wouldn't just produce our idea of what we think you're like. Lord, we wanna know you. We wanna know you, we need you. You are our daily bread. You are our bread. We, we want you, we desire you, we desire to commune with you. And even right now, Lord, I thank you that you're releasing hunger in the room for you, Lord. When we say, Lord, we need you, we need you, we want you. You are so good to commune with. You are so good to break bread with, Lord. Come on, let's just take a moment just to wait on him. Jesus, you are worthy. You are faithful and you are kind. You're everything we need. And I just see, hear the Lord saying today is, will you trade your way for my way? Will you come and give me what you think you have to control and what you think that you have to make happen? And he's saying, will you let me, Lord? Will you let me be Lord? Will you let me lead? He says, I am your daily bread. I feel like there's even those who you feel like I've been trying and trying and still it's not, there's not, I don't feel satisfied. 
I still am feeling empty. I just hear the Lord again. He's saying, come and let me be Lord. Let me be your daily bread. Yeah. Lord, let us not fill our lives so much with what is seen, Lord, that we always put you on the back burner. Lord, I pray that you would become the forefront of our lives. You would become our everything. We need you. We want you. With all the voices around, Lord, in the world, in our culture and society, I pray, Lord, that we would be drawn to the secret place and that you would be the voice in our life. You would be our main source of entertainment, Lord, that you would be our everything, that we would feed on you and everything else out of our life would be processed and thought out through the lens of having been with you, Lord, the way you see things, the way you do things, that we would receive peace so that we can walk into a room and release peace. So we just thank you, Jesus, that you are our life. Jesus' name, Lord, I bless your people this morning. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with hunger. Fill them with joy. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing in them what they could never do for themselves. And so we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.